With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin Cities sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. All right, bulletin, bulletin. Uh, some misinformation to suits there at the end of the hour of January 9th. 1977, Vikings' last ever appearance in the Super Bowl. The uh, loss to the uh, Oakland Raiders, 32-14. to uh, The biggest mismatch they were really ever in was that game. And, as far as the Super Bowl was concerned, and that also tells you about the calendar of the sports clock, doesn't it? Oh. January 9th, Super Bowl. That we are now 26 days away from this year's Super Bowl. So we've added well over three weeks to the NFL season from uh, from 40 years ago. And, so. Pat, the only reason that I know it was 40 years ago is a young man from Rice County had a two-month-old son and said, Honey, I love you. I love the baby. I'm going to the Rose Bowl. And who would have guessed? Who would have guessed that he would have to wait till uh, this year to see oh. his next one? Oh huh? my goodness! Yeah, it was. Uh, it was not a. Uh, that was. That was a. They were past their prime then. Uh, I remember Stewie Boyd telling me that that uh, they had to work their arse off to get to the Super Bowl that year. They kind of surprised themselves. In '76, they were they were not what they had and been. In '77, when they or was it '75? Excuse 76, me. When they lost to the 75, Cowboys, right? Yeah, they were. They that were was, still. They were kind of. That was kind of the end of it. Seventy uh, four was probably their best team. That was. Uh, they had Foreman and his full flower. You know, Foreman was had be. Foreman came in in seventy three, and he was a real addition. They never really. They had good running backs. They never had star running backs until they got him. And he was so damn good, and that that was probably their best team. That's the team that should have won a Super Bowl because Pittsburgh was in its formative years. They were kind of still a young team. They were not great. Uh, Vikings held them to 16 points. The defense played great, and the Vikings went out and did nothing offensively. Allegedly, Tarkington had a bad shoulder and uh, couldn't really throw the ball and was playing with whatever uh, whatever medications they might have used back then to get through that game. But that's that's probably the one they should have won, I would say. Uh, the, the one at Tulane uh, Stadium in 19, uh, January of 1975. That's the one where I got to sit between Jim Murray and Red Smith and announce... <laughs> 
and announced that there was how great it was that three of the world's greatest sports writers were sitting next to one another. And, <laughs> and did Ron Smith go, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> and hung over to the teeth. Adam boy. <laughs> after after a Saturday night in New Orleans before the Super Bowl. And was there that... Was, there were some people on the street. <laughs> was that kind of a gloomy? Because I remember seeing video Super Bowl Nine. Was that kind of a gloomy day? Oh, was it kind of rainy? Day. And when they awarded it to him, Manny, they were supposed to be getting the uh, Superdome was supposed to be done by then. Yeah, and construction was delayed. Oh, it was a terrible day. It was freezing. We had a big ice storm back in Minnesota, as I recall, and it was uh, the the cold weather was all the way down in New Orleans. It was in the twenties. Mm. I hadn't even brought a coat. I remember going in there and I was walked in there in one of those bad double knit sport coats, freezing to death. And uh, and hung over and uh, and and then the Vikings went out and didn't do a, didn't really do much two to nothing at halftime oh two to, two to nothing at halftime and of yeah. course was New Orleans the site of the famous wake up call wasn't that New Orleans yeah but that was baseball winter meeting oh. You know that one, right, Manny? Yes, I know that one. <laughs> I'd like now, that was that was. Listen, I was well behaved and hard working at that Super Bowl by comparison to the baseball winter meetings. I've told you guys the baseball winter meetings back then. You just made something up and started drinking. You know, you knew Calvin. You knew Calvin wasn't going to do anything. He wasn't going to make a trade or sign. You know, wasn't any free agency yet. He was going to. Take somebody in the Rule Five draft on Thursday. That's all you had to worry about. If you could, if you could get yourself alive for a few hours on Thursday, you were taken care of with the. Wind. I'd like a seven thirty wake up call, <laughs> sir. At seven forty five. Damn it. <laughs> well, luckily that was in seventy six, maybe seventy five. That you could still change your uh, tickets back then. So, oh yeah, you know you could. Not call, like today. Oh well, man, you, you try pulling air, that today, you'll you get thrown in prison. Yeah, call the airport and say, yeah, hey, let's uh, let's move that back a few hours. Is that okay, honey? <laughs> anyway, uh, the Reggie Lynch case took another turn today when this wacky lawyer uh, oh. got out there and uh, did him no good. What uh, I would, uh, I guess, we might pronounce it. Pasiga? It's Ryan Pasiga is his name. Pasiga, P-A-C-Y-G-A. And uh, Ryan, now there was one thing he said that wasn't completely nuts that was kind of interesting if if you want to look at Reggie, at least in a neutral way, uh, that the the idea that after this one of these uh, uh, accusations that... uh, he was receiving texts from one of the women telling him where the what bars he was they were going to be at and uh, that was some, you know i know that people can uh, will dismiss that out of hand but that was that was a point he might have wanted to emphasize more than comparing to these to the japanese internment camps uh, that was probably not a good idea yeah no it, it was not he also you know the the part about you know that the the accuser should be identified that that part doesn't sit well with me either he just I don't think he did himself. Well, no, that's ridiculous, you know. I just don't know what what good he did to the to Reggie Lynch's defense. I, I really don't because I mean, if you even look on social media now, he's getting destroyed. Yes. And rightfully so. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's uh you know, Lee Hutton, who was his other attorney. Lee Hutt, Lee handled the uh case for most of the player the football players last year, and while he definitely was combative 
he wasn't ridiculous. You know, he was trying to say, hey, some of these guys weren't even there. Uh, he was trying to offer a defense. And I, I actually talked to him a few times during it, and everything he told me turned out to be accurate. Yeah. Everything he told me about five guys not having anything to do with it turned out to be accurate. I don't know why Reggie ended up with this guy instead of Lee Hutton, or maybe Lee Hutton didn't want to handle it. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was. But uh, uh, Gophers play uh, Northwestern tonight. Here's the deal. If if Coyle and Patino really knew about two different accusations yep. and he still was playing, uh, is, is the university going to take a look at this? Well, and I, that's what I was going to ask you, Pat, because, I mean, Patino's getting very little heat here, and I, maybe yes. that maybe that's to come, but I, I don't understand why. I mean, this all happened, A, under his watch, but Lynch had this in his well, background before he even set foot on the campus, before he was a player. Well, here's the deal. Uh you, they they have this great defense. Well, we can't we can't say anything because of student privacy accusations. Mm-hmm. I mean, student student privacy laws. We don't have to say anything. We can't even tell you why he's suspended officially. So therefore, you don't have to tell me when did you know it? When did you know this? They don't. They can say what? No, uh, we can't talk about it. So it's it's a great thing for administrators in colleges, isn't it? They don't have to tell us when they knew that there was two accusations uh, that had surfaced with the uh, with the EOAA or whatever it is. Uh, you know, it, it's a great thing for college administrators. They don't have to uh, uh, give us a timeline on what they knew so that's that's their defense and right? that might, might that might be the defense of coil and for uh, for kaler but for patino and his program in particular I and mean, this is now what the third different case and let's not forget that before last season's turnaround the university president got up and basically put patino on notice he ripped him yeah. When he when he introduced Mark Coyle, right? When yes. he introduced Mark Coyle, he basically put Patino on notice. So if Kaler was not made aware of this situation and and Reggie continued to play, I don't think this thing's over for Coach Patino. I we will find out, but but who knows? I don't know if the university will try to to try to uh, you know whitewash it or not? Maybe it doesn't have to be whitewashed. I don't know, but I I got to think that uh, uh, Kaler's warning of two years ago would probably uh, have to be uh, looked at again uh, after this situation. And I also don't think it was a good look either that you continued to let him practice after you know after the school you know, came out and said that he was going to be suspended for the remainder of the season. That's their policy, even though they won't tell us the policy for what. Right. That's right. their policy. So, anyway. Hey, Isaiah Thomas got fined $20,000 for uh, clothes lining our guy, Andrew Wiggins. Wolves OKC tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get back. So, uh, Oklahoma City was on national TV last night getting beat bloody by the Portland Trailblazers who did not have David Lillard. CJ yeah. McCollum was unstoppable and boy the boys on the end this was that uh, what they call the players only 
broadcast, mm-hmm. you know, the telecast. So the, the players sit in the studio and comment on the game as it's going live. You don't get a real play-by-play. I think Steve Smith and who was with him, I'm not sure. They were killing them. They were killing Oklahoma City. And uh, just how they they don't have any continuity. They don't move the ball. It's all one-on-one basketball. And it is, yeah. Once in a while, Russell will throw the ball to Carmelo for an open three. But Paul George is out of there. Don't you think they'll trade him? Yeah, well, they might trade him if they feel like if they get to the deadline and they really understand that he's not going to stay there this offseason, and they'll probably try and move him but he uh, looks get like, something for him. He looks completely lost. I mean, Carmelo does what he does. He goes and gets shot, and Russell goes what he does. You know, Carmelo runs to the three-point line, and Russell runs the operation, but George is just... Now, they had, a, what, a, three weeks? They played pretty good for a while. They won a yeah. bunch of games. It looked like they were going to catch the Wolves in the division, but... And uh, now, they, now they're kind of uh, floundering around. Now, they got insulted so much last night, not only uh, Isaiah and Kevin McHale were killing them then after the game, after, after the game, too. I mean, everybody was just brutalizing them yesterday, making it sound like Billy Donovan might not survive here. But uh, uh, so they'll probably come in and play pretty good tonight. After, Wasn't that uh, a mistake roasted. by him all along, Billy Donovan, to, to leave that job for the uh, for the NBA? I mean, I know it was a, a, a big payday for him, but. Yeah, well, he you got to remember too. Like he was he when he left Florida to take the OKC job, like they still had Durant then. Yeah, good point. And, yeah, and you know, and they were a win away from going to the yeah, NBA Finals. Right. Yeah, and good point. Point. They, point. they blew a three one lead. Three one. I was yeah. going to say they were ahead three one with yeah. a chance to to clinch it in Game Six at home, and then you know Durant and Westbrook just but fell was, apart. Was he a reason that Durant decided to leave? No, no. no. I mean, no. Durant, Durant just, left to win the championship. Okay, yeah, that's all. Durant is uh, deep in his heart. He's a sissy. He can't stand. Uh, <laughs> he he can't stand any type of criticism. Any type of. Uh, he has shown the. He has shown signs of being a little bit thin skinned, and you know he would mm-hmm. go back and forth with people on Twitter and. Yeah, well, that, that's, remember when he was engaged to Monica Wright? I do right? remember that, yeah. Yeah, the gorgeous Monica Wright, who was his girlfriend from high school, right, or something. I don't know if and it was he from knew high school, it, but, I knew but somewhere they, had... they, they, and he got engaged to her, and and everybody told me that they got engaged to her because he felt bad because he wasn't engaged to her because that she kind of was sad that they hadn't gotten engaged, so he got engaged to her because he didn't want her to be mad at him, and then Sounds then he like... ends up. Then he ends up breaking it off. Sounds know? like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were down on your hands and knees, crawling, groveling, groveling, telling her you probably told her you had cancer. Honey, here's the thing. I don't have much time. I won't time. be alive that long. I don't have much I time. I won't be alive that long. I have three different fatal diseases trying to collide with each other. That's the only way you got that deal going. No, that's how, that's how I convinced you to sleep with me, Patrick. You've got those stories confused. Okay. All right. And then it was a different disease. That's right. Yeah, I just step up my game. There used to be, there used to be a football coach at Notre Dame named Frank Leahy, who was apparently so wired up and crazed that he only lasted there like eight years, early late forties, early fifties. He lost like five games in ten years or something. But he had a kid named Frank, young Frank Junior. 
He killed him off, like they said, 15 times in those 10 years. This kid had every malady known to man. In the, the pregame man, speech. He'd come in, he'd go, could you win one for big, could you win one for young Frank today? He's got leukemia. He's glued the to the radio. <laughs> the next week he had some other rare disease every time they played somebody. Frank, Frank killed off Frank Jr. That's what, that's what you did. Anyway, uh, the Timberwolves probably... What? The the grumpiness, less grumpiness about this team now than at any time since 04, you think? More optimism than any time since 04. At right? least in the last week or so, yeah. You guys... Yeah, yeah oh, everybody was mad. They lost to the Brooklyn Nets, and it was a yeah. national scandal. But And everybody will be mad again if they lose tonight. But of the course. fact is, they've had four straight sellouts, which is unbelievable. When did we fire Flip? Was that the 05 season? 04, 05, yes. yeah. Because yeah. They're, what, didn't they, after Flip got fired, didn't they make kind of a decent run with McCann? Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they end up finishing a game out of the eighth playoff spot. That's what I thought. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, Kevin was like 10, 12 games over 500. Well, they, you know, Flip, I love, everybody loves Flip. We all love Flip, but but they had stopped playing for him. He deserved to be fired. Well, yeah, they, they had to do something to, because that yeah, was their they, last run with yeah, those guys. Yeah, well and Cassell were mad about their contracts, and mm-hmm. you know, that, Wally was mad because he wasn't starting and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's been a long while, but man, people apparently are going to the games because they want to. And Pat, <laughs> I did see something that I know is right up your alley. I was watching Sports Center earlier today, and they were because I think ESPN's carrying the game tonight on their uh, on their channel. Yes. yes. And uh, the Timberwolves at twenty six and sixteen now. Mm-hmm. Uh, their BPI index says that they have a ninety nine percent chance of making the playoffs. Oh, okay, and that <laughs> so that guarantees it. Right, okay. pretty lock much. it up, That's, baby. What was the uh, what was the Gophers' chance oh. to make the NCAA tournament two weeks ago when they were 14th in the country? Yeah, what was the chance two weeks ago? <laughs> Give me that one, will you? Give me that one. I love giving those numbers to you. We've gone from 92% to 4%. Right. <laughs> but we still got that 92% to hold on to, right? Oh, yeah. We can say, hey, I read in the middle of December, we got a 92% chance to make the NCAA tournament. We Don't could, worry about it. We could turn that into a banner. Raise that thing <laughs> yes. at the barn. Right. They oh, can't vacate that one. That drives me nuts. I know it does. It's so Well, stupid. the worst is when it's fine if they want to do it with the crawl. That part I don't care. Yeah. When they started doing it during baseball broadcasts of actual games, yeah. the win probability, <laughs> I about had an aneurysm. Yes. I'd like to track those people down and slap them in the head. Fuck them in the ear. <laughs> By the way, on the Wolves, guys, yep, they yeah. have at twenty six and sixteen. They have the seventh best record in the NBA. Wow! There is a little more. There is more bad teams beating decent teams this year yeah. than there's been in a lot of years. You've got the three. Yeah. You, you know, you've got kind of the three or four teams at the top: Golden State, Boston, Cleveland, Houston. Maybe you throw that in okay. there. Maybe San Antonio. But everybody else is just kind of. You know, they're kind of beating each other up and playing each other pretty evenly. And by the way, I would like to send a question to my guy Flip in the great beyond. Why the hell didn't you draft C.J. McCollum like everybody told you to with the ninth pick? You think he'd help this team? What was that? Was that Trey Burke? That was was the trade. But then we got got Shabazz. And we got Gorgie. But, and, you know, you could have done better with the draft picks you had, too. But, C.J. McCollum could shoot!
And and remember the the pick the pick immediately after Shabazz was Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes, oh my was. God! Yes, he was. I, now I'd take it, but CJ McCollum is fantastic. But what I bring him up is because that's the draft that every that's the pick everybody said they should have made. Yeah, yeah. You know, take CJ McCollum. He was the best player available. Nope, didn't happen. I'd like to have a shooter like that on this team. Then you could get serious about him. All right, we'll be back. Give us 30 minutes, and we'll give you everything Clucks. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. Jess Myers now joins the Ride with Royce for this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. Jess Myers is with us. Uh, Nito Nita Ryder out of the lineup again. I think, Jess, he missed like three games in his first five years here, and now he's had a bunch of injuries this year. Is it the same one, the ankle all year? Yeah, it's been the same thing, bugging him off and on all year. And, you know, it's one of those where you just never really get fully healthy. Um, you know, and he doesn't seem to be, you know, maybe he's kind of got that Parisian stick in him where he just will not take the time necessary to, to get away from it and get healthy. They've got that goofy bye week thing coming up. Yes. Uh, so maybe they're just going to try and get him through the next, you know, three, four games before they get the break, which starts uh, on Sunday night after they're done with Vancouver, and, you know, and then hopefully get fully healthy uh, having a week off. I don't know. I think that's what Bruce, uh, I saw a quote from Bruce saying that. He's, so he won't play Sunday, and then they hope that uh, maybe when they come out the other end, he'll, uh, uh, they, uh, he's not a guy you want to have out of your lineup no. when, you're that, when you're that club because you know, he, can, he can go get your goal once in a while. Uh, I, I heard somebody close to this team use the word passengers. A lot of passengers on this team. A lot of guys, <laughs> lot of guys just kind of coasting. He is not one of those guys. Nino is one of the guys that will get out there, get after it, and you know has to, uh, seems to have that motor that's going all the time. Yeah, he's uh, he is boring though. He makes uh, he makes <laughs> he makes Joe Maurer look like a quipster. Wow, he's uh, he's a tough. I I tried to I was over there and I tried to interview him after the game and it that was that game when he got hit in the face with a stick. Yep, he got a goal taken away on a tip. And then he got then he went and got a goal all within about a five minute period. Or he got he got robbed on a save and then he got robbed on a tip. They said it wasn't a tip all in five minutes. I thought, well, even Nino could give me a quip on this. <laughs> nope. No, no chance. You know, with, with European players, you never know if it's the language barrier or what. You know, and then you you learn to appreciate a guy like Ilya Brizgalov who will talk your ear off, and it's just so wacky because because so many of them are, are quiet and you know don't really uh, turn a phrase very well. Eric Stahl going to the uh, All Star Game as the uh, representative of the Wild. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. No, absolutely not. You know, and here's a guy who's had, I think, you know, six, seven goals in the last uh, two weeks. You know, so last year we kind of saw that big early start from Stahl, and then things kind of dropped off, and people said, you know, he's too old. He doesn't seem to have the stamina. This year, it seems to me it's been a lot more even and uh, a, a lot more steady source of offense. Uh, two notable local guys, Blake Wheeler from Winnipeg and uh, Brock Besser, rookie for Vancouver. Wow. Both going wow. to the All-Star game. Here's the best stat I heard on hey, Brock. Hey, is Wheeler okay? He, got, he left the ice. He 
blocked a puck last night and he, left the ice. I have not heard anything to the contrary. It sounds okay. like it was just one of those hockey plays where he's going to he's gonna bounce back. Uh, Brock Besser, though, you know, the Burnsville well, kid, uh, originally slated to go to Wisconsin. He wound up going to North Dakota. Instead, he won a national championship there. He's a rookie. He was all honorable mention in the NCHC last year. Now he's a rookie with Vancouver. <laughs> Here, here's the best stat I've heard on Brock Besser. He's got 21 goals this season, and somebody broke down the videotape. Of those 21 goals he's got, the puck has been on his stick for a total cumulative of 22 seconds. So uh, this is a guy who releases the puck pretty quick when he gets it uh, and with some accuracy. Burnsville, right? Where, Burnsville, yeah. Burnsville. 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 And did you, uh, when's, uh, when's, uh, when did you first start hearing about him? When he, he was 14, 15 or yeah, something like you that? Know, he, he was one of those kids coming up in the Burnsville youth system. And, of course, you knew he wasn't going to stay there. He was going to get plucked and go someplace else. Uh, wound up playing his in the USHL his senior year. Now, Allegedly, that was the rift with Wisconsin. He had committed to go play for Wisconsin, uh, and a couple of his Wisconsin coaches showed up at a Burnsville High School game and were all confused about why he wasn't there, not knowing he was already playing in the USHL. <laughs> Apparently, that got back to him, and he wasn't too impressed by uh, how, uh, how the, the Badger the, the, folks had done their homework. Uh, this was not the Granado administration. Was no, that the Granado no, administration? This, 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 this was uh, uh, This was the previous regime. And, okay, and, uh, well. you know. Uh, anyway, uh, that, well, that, that was a popular story. Anyway, I would imagine you look up and down those rosters. There's not many rookies, huh? No, uh, there's uh, you know they it, they don't have some goofy rookie game the night before or anything. They like used that, to have you know that young stars game. Well, you know the whole thing is they goofy, got the Patrick. whole system got, now. Divisions. When you've got the four divisions, you've got it's all three on three. You know you've got John Scott winning the MVP trophy. <laughs> I mean it's all just a goofy thing. But you know. Maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe these, you know, like football and baseball, where they try and take it all serious and make it real. It's it's not real. Let's just have some fun with it. Well, they've tried everything known to man. Let's face it. When they screwed up the All-Star game is when they expanded from six teams to 12. Because <laughs> ba back in the day, the defending champ hosted it and played the other five, the All-Stars from the other five teams in the 50s. Yep. That's how they did it. The yep. defending champ was the host, and they played the All-Stars from the other teams. And if you look through it, the uh, the the defending champs won a few of those yeah. against the All Stars. So, and I mean, then we had you know, like I remember Rendezvous '87 in Quebec City when you had like a Soviet <laughs> team against an NHL All Star team. Or for a while, we tried North America against the world, and you know, it's just Campbell little... versus Smythe. Right? Uh, oh yeah, those were always. You fun. know, wouldn't you like to track down the guy from the NHL who said, you know, it's a good idea. Let's name all these divisions after people. Yeah. You know, and confuse <laughs> America. I never knew in my life what division the North Stars were in. I never knew if they were in the Smythe or the Norris. And I think they were in both at different times, if I'm not mistaken. I remember them being in the Norris just for the simple fact that in about uh, 86 or so, when everybody in that division was terrible. Yes. Sports Illustrated ran a story. I, you know, I don't know who wrote it, but I think it was Ernie Swift about how bad all the teams in the division were, and the headline was "How They Bore Us in the Norris." <laughs> well, and let's face it, one of Chris Berman's early jump-offs 
on ESPN that made him a legend was the Snorris division. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. remember that? The Snorris division. Well, and then was... At one point, too, he uh, he used to refer to the NFC Central, you know, when it, when it was, you know, Vikings and Packers and all these kind of hard-hitting teams as the NFC Norris division as well. <laughs> so he got a lot of mileage out of that he one. Did, yeah. Uh, yeah. He did get a lot of mileage out of good, that. Good, uh, good stuff. All right. The Wild, we, uh, by the way, uh, about a twenty-five percent chance of making the playoffs right now. Really, twenty-five percent yeah, chance? Yeah, okay. and and uh-huh. last night's game, I think, is just a perfect microcosm of where this game is right now. Where you you don't do quite enough, you play just good enough to make it interesting, and then you come up short, but you're happy because you got a point anyway. And uh, I don't. Know. Well, Mike Smith was flopping around like an <laughs> eighty-year-old reindeer or something and still managed to uh still managed to keep the puck out man alive he's uh we kept we kept hitting him with see, the puck see it, this is what you like him. with mike smith against alex daylock no more of these boring goalies who just sort of <laughs> stay quiet and play their position yeah, all the forget time. that you quiet know, stuff get out there make some noise have some fun <laughs> flipping and flopping Fall, and all that yeah. yeah absolutely tackle guys it was great <laughs> all right we'll be back Getting you caught up on the week in pucks. It's the Hockey Half Hour with Jess Myers. Combination that requires the highest level of conditioning, speed, creativity. On the ride with Royce. So, uh, Jess, I see USA Hockey has a teleconference tomorrow. Uh, are they going to tell us the uh, final makeup of the Olympic team? They got they got promising youngster Brian Gianta there. Uh, <laughs> Brian Gianta. What is he? Yeah, he's thirty nine. Right, he's thirty nine. He's going to be the captain, and he's still about five foot three. By the way, so uh-huh. he hasn't. Uh, he hasn't. Yeah, he he I, I, he will undoubtedly be the captain on this team. Probably. Well, the most. I think they are they are listing him as the captain yeah. on the teleconference call, and Greenway is going to be there too. He's ours, right? Yeah, Jordan Greenway. And uh, interesting about him: first uh, player of color ever to play for the United States. Oh, in the, really? In the Olympic Good. team. He's uh, he's African American or or mixed race. Uh, a pr- real promising prospect for the Wild, by the way. Where did he play college? He's playing at Boston University. Okay, right now. and uh, but you know. he's he's been going with the Olympic team. So uh, uh, who who is going to make it from around here? Who well, do we one, have on the, the team? one that everybody's kind of excited about is Will Borgen from St. Cloud State, who's you know okay. a young kid and uh, uh, one of those guys with a lot of promise. But it's just a weird, weird year. I mean, you know and. I ranted about this in the past plenty of times, but you know, just the latest thing that Gary Bettman has managed to screw up for uh, for hockey fans everywhere is uh, is is the way well, they're going to do yeah. this thing. Well, if they're going to do it, then go back to uh, taking uh, you know taking a college team and uh, giving them another year of eligibility and spend the whole you know spend the whole fall preparing them. Why don't you just do that? We, like you, we used to pick a team in the summer. And yes. you got to practice for six months, you know, like yes. Kirby did with those guys. Sure. And and that worked okay. Well, then we went with the NHL guys, and I remember Herbie telling me that the, in 2002, when he coached the NHL guys, you know, he said he's going to have, like, two practices with them before their first game, and his joke was, we'll just put a lot of WD-40 on the door mm. and send them out. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, I thought that was kind of fun. Well, now we've got a hybrid of the two. We're taking a bunch of guys that most people have never heard of, and we're giving them two weeks to prepare, and we're going to throw them out there, you know. So, 
Canada is going to announce their team tomorrow as well. So that'll be uh, very interesting to see. And what do we know? We don't know yet if the team from Russia is going to show up, right? <laughs> if the K, no, if the KHL is going to let their players go or not, because they were, I guess they can be announced as athletes from Russia, but right. they can't be. And they don't, they don't get the anthem if they won. But they don't uh, get to wear the colors and all that. And hopefully Vladimir Putin won't be in the locker room like he was last time. But hey, by the way, I was in Salt Lake. City. That was great. I think having only two days of practice is wonderful because <laughs> you don't have all these defensive systems. They just go out there and try to score goals. That's the best hockey I ever just, saw in my just, life. The Swedes that year were just throwing it up the ice. The, and, and... the best the best hockey I ever saw in my life was at uh, Salt Lake City Olympics. Oh, yeah. Although Dave Peterson's team in Calgary was hard to beat, too. <laughs> they tried to beat you by getting nine. It was great. They yeah, needed they, nine to beat you. They were giving up 11 was the problem, <laughs> On most nights, yeah. I've told this 50 times, but uh, my favorite ever Morganti quote, we're upstairs, Al McGoy, I'm sitting next to him, watching the Russians play the Swedes in Calgary, and and Morganti says, I finally figured out what's wrong with this Swedish team. They have too many Swedes. Too many Swedes. Wow. (laughs) They weren't exactly a hard-checking outfit back then, anyway. By the way, uh, since we were talking college hockey, if you were wondering how it was going to work out for Notre Dame in the first year in the Big Ten, yeah, I I don't know if they're too happy about letting the Irish in so far. 14-0 start for them. Wow. Who else did they sweep lately? uh, They just swept, uh, boy, I want to say Ohio State. Okay. And and here's here's the best part. Okay, so we number got one in the country. Though. Number one in the country. Uh no, excuse me, twelve and zero in Big Ten play, and here's the best part. They have a fourteen point lead on second place. So Ooh. yeah, you might as well just send the trophy. Doesn't there. look good for Coach Lucia to uh continue their domination of no, the Big Ten. No, They've won it every year. That but, streak uh, of Big Ten titles, I think, is a pretty solid bet to come to an end. Yeah. That's uh, And now okay, tell me about this goalie who suddenly is he did he just become eligible or something? The the, the gopher? Matt Robson. Okay, he, they, well, he the Shearhorn was gonna play more games than anybody in the history of gopher hockey. Well he did. Set, he set the record for consecutive starts. Shearhorn did. Okay. You know, he'd played okay. every game for for three years. Uh, at Christmas time, or a little before Christmas time, Matt Robson becomes eligible. Now, about a Who year ago, he? what's that? Who is he? He is from Toronto. He played at Clarkson briefly. Uh, okay. play, played like half a year there. Transferred out of there. He played junior hockey in in Canada. Uh, you know, then he decides I want to go back to college hockey. He says he's going to come to Minnesota. And here's the deal. Nobody knew number one if he could play. He must he must be pretty good if for for Don to let him on the team. And then nobody knew when he was going to become eligible or <laughs> if he was going to become eligible. So you know, start of this season, I'm asking guys, you know, when are we going to see Robson in net? Well, we don't know when we can see him in net. Well, finally, the NCAA declares him eligible. Excuse me, and now. They have a goalie tandem for the first time in, you know, three and a half years or whatever it is. Shearhorn's getting a rest. Robson shuts out St. Cloud State, which had been the number one team in the country. And now Robson's a Big Ten first star of the week, so good for him. And uh, they also made a trade, right? They send one guy to the USHL and got the kid out of the USHL. I mean, everybody who said you can't trade in, in colleges hasn't been watching to go for hockey. That's right. So did the guy they traded for, did he break into the lineup over the weekend? I or? think so. You know, that okay. that kind of got lost in the midst of everything else after, you know, World Juniors and, and, you know, you had guys coming back from Buffalo. Their equipment didn't make the trip. And, I mean, it was just... 
It's just a goofy thing when you start to restart the season. But Robson, by the way, first Canadian goalie for the Gophers since I know. Uh, Frank Pietrangelo over Thunder Bay. Wooger does not approve. <laughs> he'll, he's got a lot to do to ever keep up with Murray McLaughlin. Well, he'll well, never, never, never be another Murray McLaughlin. Peter Angelo played for Wooger, but he was inherited. He was one of Buto's guys. He was, he was. Uh, Wooger was did it, not bring uh, him. Murray McLaughlin was Thunder Bay, wasn't he? I think he was Thunder I think Bay. He, he was. Thunder he Bay, took yeah. him to the. He took him to the Frozen Four one yep, year before yep. it was even the Frozen Four all by himself. Those maybe. those early Wooger teams had two non Minnesotans, and they were the two goalies: Peter Angelo, who was from Thunder Bay, and then. Uh, John, John Blue, Blue from California. San Jose, California. See, I know my gopher hockey. Absolutely All right, we'll be back with a preview of the great outdoors. All right, Jess Myers, the great outdoors show coming up with uh, Dennis Anderson. There's uh, nothing left in season to uh, shoot, is there? You know what it is now? It's show season. We got the boat yeah. show this oh, week. Oh, that's right. And it's got... and it's earlier than normal because of the Super Bowl. They've got what the NFL experience or something going oh, into the uh, so convention they had to center. Do it or... Yeah, it is. So way they pushed earlier. it up a little yeah. bit. And I, you know, I for one, I you know, I can't afford any of that stuff. But I love looking at boats because it kind of <laughs> gets you dreaming about open water. And uh, so we talked to the, we're going to talk to the organizers of the boat show, and it's uh, kind of about the logistics, like how you get 700 boats in and out of there. Uh, that, that's what I want to know. And then our other, uh, one of our other guests tonight, we're going to talk to my friend Jeannie McLean. She owns a resort, a fly-in resort that's like 30 minutes flight north of Kenora on a lake that you can only reach by plane. And, uh, you know, again, my question is the logistics. How do you get, you know, a refrigerator there? How do you get, you know, gasoline, stuff like that that you need, you know, where everything has to be brought in by air? So uh, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, running a resort and, and what goes into it. I think it'll be interesting. They probably have ice roads at this time of year, don't they? Do I they think have so. the ice some, roads, maybe? Some of them I, do. And, and yeah. one, of my, one of my favorite stories, I was talking to a resort owner on one of these places. I'm looking at pictures, and he's telling me it's way up in northern Manitoba. Mm-hmm. And there's a pickup in the picture. I said, how'd you get the pickup there? He says, I drove it one winter. It took about a week. I slept in it. <laughs> Like, oh, my uh, my son, my son, the Marine, years and years ago when he was just a kid, used to go to one of those fly-ins with his uh, maternal grandfather, who would who was a pilot and would fly the plane in for sure. them, the float plane, and then they'd drive ride back. And the kid got so spoiled catching big fish up there that he's he's basically worthless as far as fishing now, because <laughs> he's you know you go up there and you catch a forty pound lake trout, you sure, know, or something sure. like that. So that uh, that uh, takes care uh, that takes care of that. So anyway, uh, one more hockey right. note. One more hockey right. note. Uh, World Rozo tomorrow night, and the Warriors Ooh. are alive. They started out zero and six, and now they've gone seven zero and one since then. So they're who's back coaching up. them now? Jay Hardwick is coaching them. His, okay. his grandfather was the coach in 69 when they had Henry Boucher and, you know, all. Oh, Dirty that. Dick Roberts. Dirty Dick Roberts. That's, that was, oh, that's his grandfather. Great guy. I love yeah, that guy. absolutely. They said he was one of the most famous War Road Lakers of all time. Too. Absolutely. That's where they called him Dirty Dick. Played for the Gophers. He had the kick shot, which they then made illegal. By the way. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, See, yeah. they're always trying to pick on War Road. <laughs> Everybody's always trying to rob War Road. All right. We'll be back. Could you please pass the potatoes? Uncle Bob, why are you singing? With all the rewards we are getting, with the Navy Federal Credit Union's cash rewards card, I hired a singing coach for caroling. But it's summer. Since we get up to 1.75% cash back on all our holiday purchases, there is cheer to last all year. 
Please stop. These potatoes are delicious, by the way. Get cheer to last all year with Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA.